Welcome to the Insecurity Project Podcast. Most people think the best you can do with insecurity is mask it, manage it, or medicate. I'm convinced this is a problem that can be solved for good, and that's what this show is all about. Join me for weekly 10-minute Tuesday episodes, live coaching demonstrations, and world-class interviews on the subject of overcoming insecurity. Now on to today's show. Grief and Sadness. Good to be with you again for another installment of 10 Minute Tuesday. Um, this episode specifically is for people who are suffering inside a grief and sadness experience that seems inescapable. Maybe that's you, maybe that's someone you care about, maybe that's someone you know. Uh, it's come to my attention and awareness that this is a significant issue. There's been a number of people I've spoken to or coached in the last little while who seem trapped in a very sad place and it's a pit that seems to have no boundaries to it and no escape to it so the purpose of today is to decodify this and i love i love the opportunity that the coaching space offers to have a clean look at this because these are delicate situations uh, the loss of a loved one uh, the experience of something very unfortunate that's created uh, loss real or imagined it's very personal to wade into those subjects and to help a person who is grieving within some kind of painful loss experience. Uh, but the, the value of approaching this from the coaching lens is uh, not wading into it from a place of being invested in that. And so it's it's a clean look. So uh, because I'm not impacted by the pain and because I don't need to end the pain, uh, I'm able to look at it cleanly and deconstruct it, decodify it to understand how exactly it is working. Because if you, if you see how something is working, then that gives you the ability to alter the structure of it and, and produce a different result. If you can't see how it's working, then you must suffer it continuing to work in the same way it's already working. So if you are suffering and would like to not suffer, if, you're, if your suffering is really... Um, creating a whole bunch of untold misery and affecting every area of your life and you'd like a way out well this this will be useful for you if you'd like to keep suffering in that some and some people do some people don't want a way out of grief um, and that's fine too that's you you you're entitled to hang on to that experience for as long as you would like or as as long as you want to if you're done with it you'll find this useful so let's just take a step back and and just say that you know, loss is unavoidable in life. There, there will be pain. There will be loss, 100% guaranteed. So, because loss is guaranteed, uh, then so is grief and sadness. And so, if you deny yourself sadness and grief, then you dehumanize yourself. So, in in a clean way, we're not saying in any way that people shouldn't grieve. It's wrong to grieve, and it's wrong to be sad, or that you should always be happy, or you should be. Uh, unimpacted by painful things and, and you shouldn't ever uh, get low or, or feel grief. N- no, uh, to have a human experience is to experience the full range of emotions as a human being and there will be da- bad days, there will be uh, low periods, there will be great periods of sadness uh, and grief is the natural human response to loss. Uh, the problem that I want to address is where uh, grief and sadness become secondary emotions because they get mixed in with judgment. You might have heard me describe this before, a clean emotion and a dirty emotion. So a clean emotion is the primary emotion, i.e. I'm sad. A dirty emotion is uh, the secondary emotion. So 
I'm sad, but I'm frustrated that I'm sad. So frustration is the dirty emotion. Or I'm angry, but I'm disappointed that I'm angry. (laughs) So I'm upset, but I'm annoyed that I'm upset. So the secondary emotion is dirty, and it's the judgment one because it's saying there's something wrong with your experience. Um, So what happens that creates a prison for a person is the moment judgment and personalization gets mixed in with the loss. So we're sense-making creatures, we have experiences, but we have to describe uh, why these experiences are happening and what they mean about us. So the, the deepest sense of loss, and I would say that's that's a loved one, um, and it seems to me that probably the most deepest loved loss is the parent-child relationship uh, you, you might disagree and there probably there's no point in differentiating really um, the examples I've had recently to deal with have been that so a, a parent has lost a child sometimes it's a stillborn uh, sometimes it's a, a an infant sometimes it's a child sometimes it's a teenager sometimes it's an adult um, but the, the the parent losing a child has been what, what I've seen so let's stick to that and it'll be relevant whatever your loss or grief situation I'm sure you'll draw the analogy but let's stay in that space so you know clearly that is going to create intense grief um, the, the problem is that often a parent has identified as a parent and so their identity is attached to that role so if I am mother or I am father uh, and I lose child, then that means I can't be mother or father. So therefore, um, the loss of the child equals the loss of identity equals now I am nothing or I have no value or therefore I am bad. So the loss actually uh, highlights something about me. I can't just have the loss experience. Um, this loss experience informs me about who I really am. So uh, to extrapolate that out, so for instance, if a, you know, a parent loses an infant or a toddler or a stillborn, um, the, the judgment around that is if I was a better parent, I would have somehow been able to protect my child from that. I should have been better than that. This is on me. This loss is because of me. I am to blame here. I am at cause here. This is somehow on me. I was there to protect that child, to keep that child safe. If I was more loving, if I was stronger, if I was better, then this would not have happened. So that meaning piece attached to the the loss and, and the judgment around that and the personalization around that, that is what becomes the prison that is what then exposes the worst fear is now realized. And because you've got such a clear real-world experience, so i.e. the death did happen, there's, there's no, it wasn't imagined, you know, you didn't pretend or make it up, everybody knows that that child died. Uh, and so because you've linked the two, that child dying is my fault, therefore that makes me bad, then you've got a direct, real, concrete experience back into your own worst fear about yourself. Therefore, that loop, that cause and effect is now concrete and that's the prison. That's why the grief extends and the sadness lingers. Uh, so the the review of the past is a really interesting piece because often people get in this um, this loop around the past and, and it's the same, well, it happened and it it's real, and so therefore my my pain and my experience of the past is also real. When what I'm suggesting is, when you look at it cleanly, is sure a thing happened. The problem is never about the thing happening. The problem is about what you made that thing mean. 
So in the case of losing a loved one, specifically a child, yes, that child died. Yes, that is devastating. Yes, that loss is great and you will grieve that. However, if you can examine the data around that and break the cause and effect, there is a way out of that. There is an end to that grief because it does not pin you down. It does not identify you at fault and it does not reveal your character. Um, no one else thinks this reveals your character. It's only you. And the reason why you think it reveals your character now is because you always have linked bad things back to revealing who you really are. That's something you've you've done from the very beginning. You know, these narratives around insecurity, around not being enough, around being somehow inadequate, of no value, they always start in the painful losses of our childhood whether you didn't you lost a friend or you, you lost an expectation or you lost a possession or whatever it was you lost you blamed yourself then you thought well if i was better if i was more uh, if i was stronger i was if i was smarter if i was more deserving i wouldn't have lost that so that loss proves there's something wrong with me so that same pattern gets extrapolated out to the most extreme loss i.e. a loved one and now you've got more evidence of the same truth uh, all tying you to your deepest fear about yourself. So if you want a way out of the grief, you have to review the meaning that you attach to that grief and set yourself free by just bringing some objectivity to that data and and realizing that you have to go back through that the actual loss of the child back to your own childhood and the own the, the narratives you have formed about who you are as a person because if you can set yourself free from those early ones then by default you will continue to set yourself free from all examples of loss personified uh, sorry loss personalized throughout your life and then you'll just be able to have the sadness and the grief let it let it pass its course and then come out the other side and and enter into the next season of life um, and and be free to fully engage and be wholehearted about the next season of life rather than as all, as many people are in these situations um, a part of them dies and a part of them is locked in a prison for the rest of their life and they don't go on they, they are never the same again after this because it is a concrete experience and the most painful level that ties them to their deepest fear about themselves so I hope that's useful. I hope that gives you a way of thinking about your sadness and grief or someone else's sadness and grief and provides you a way out of that. I'll leave it there and talk to you again next week. You've been listening to the Insecurity Project podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity free, jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity.